everyone. Welcome back to the Power to Perform podcast. I'm your host, Allie Mallory, and I am the Clinical Administrative Specialist at PHP and have my master's in sport and performance psychology. Today, we're finishing up our conversation with Dr. Mac Brown and Charlotte Whitaker. Uh, I'll let you both reintroduce yourselves again for the final time. <laughs> Makes me want to switch it up because we've done this. <laughs> any, any other fun facts Fake you want to get? <laughs> I mean, I'm Mac Daddy now. So oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at home. Sorry. <laughs> but more seriously, I'm a clinical sports psychologist, and I'm the assistant director and training coordinator here at PHP. <laughs> Um, and I'm Charlotte Whitaker, and I'm a senior in school, and I play on the CU women's basketball team. Awesome. Well, we're going to switch it up for the last podcast, and Charlotte will be taking over as host. So, Charlotte, what questions do you have for Mac? Um, I think this one's really important. So, how um, do you think coaches, staff, and administration can support student-athletes uh, in their process through grief? Just uh throwing me a softball yeah. here, aren't you? I had to start. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, you're good. I mean, I, you know, I, I think something that I always say is that I don't know that I have the singular answer, but I can have some thoughts on what I think could be helpful. So when it comes to coaches, right, um, I, and I would expand that to staff. So thinking mm-hmm. about like athletic trainers, team physicians, academic advisors, um, dietitian, you know, like everyone that a student athlete interacts with, are probably on a very regular basis are more likely going to have more of those opportunities, if you will, um, for providing support. And I think as we've talked about in this podcast, support isn't going to be a one size fits all method or approach. And so I think that's where we have to step outside of this mental template for when this person is going through this experience, this is exactly what they need. I think we have to remember that each person's experience is unique and they are a unique person. And therefore, if we're noticing that something's going on with them or, you know, in this instance, if it is a known thing that they have lost someone or I know we were talking about in the first podcast, it doesn't have to be about loss of a person. So think about like, Injury has its own grief process and coaches are definitely aware and athletic trainers, team physicians of that experience. And that involves a grief process. Um, I think it's about asking and inviting the athlete into the conversation of what is going to be most supportive for you. How can I help with that? And whether that is sometimes connecting someone with us for the more mental health side support, whether it's just acknowledging that that's happening for them and that they they are there to support you with whatever you might need once you know what you might need, because you might not know in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just kind of having that line of communication open, um, I think then you can get into a more specific and tailored approach to support for someone. Um, and yeah, that's going to look different each time probably. Um, as far as administ- at the administrative level, hmm, that's a good question. How do I want to... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think um, in my time working here in athletics, I think there are ways that the administration has step forward to provide support if someone needs to travel home for services or things like that. Again, using a very specific example of grief. But I think, um, you know, we can continue to push the boundary beyond 
oh, like, I'm so sorry for your loss, period. And that's the end of the support, mm-hmm. right? I think that um, it takes more than just a one-off offering of support to really have impact because as we were saying earlier it's a process and it's not a one and done thing it's not time constrained so I think that's something too that at all levels we can remember that if we are aware that someone has experienced some type of grief process um, it's easier to recall in the immediate aftermath of and I think we could all do better to keep that support on the forefront, even when it's six months out Mm -hmm. a year later, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think that was great. Um, I like how you touched on a lot of different things and I completely agree with, you know, the administration level and just people uh, looking at and probably asking more than, or saying more than sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another question I think, and this I struggled a lot with, so hopefully, um, you can answer this. Oh, God. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure Good whatsoever. Hell. No. Um, so how would you suggest people navigate the burden they feel asking for help? So again, very individually, probably dependent. Right. Um, you know, I, I think thematically as we've talked on this podcast um, around grief and mental toughness and like being that we're in athletics, I think that there can be an added layer of burden asking for help because of a mindset that I should be, quote unquote, I should be able to take care of this on my own, Mm -hmm. right? And then if you get beyond that point and you're like, I do need help, I think the experience that some people fear is that I'm going to put all of my feelings and stuff onto someone else and I don't want to cause them pain and suffering for my pain and suffering or sharing the things that I am struggling with. And honestly, one of the things that I have talked to people about to help counter that thought that keeps them more isolated in their own process is that for me, both as a therapist, but as like a friend, a colleague, a partner, I feel closer to people when I am able to bear witness to the things that they're experiencing, even when they are really hard. And it it makes me feel more connected to them. It makes me feel closer to them. And that doesn't feel like a burden to me. That feels like I feel like I can see you more because you've been vulnerable and shared something with me that's hard. Mm -hmm. And not only does that make me like respect the relationship more, it also makes me feel more able to then have those honest conversations with the other person because they've already modeled to me their willingness and ability to to go to those places within themselves. It makes me feel more able to do that for me to other people in my life. So hopefully that kind of answers that. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't see sharing emotions as burdensome. I right. see that as showing our like mosaic of mm-hmm. who we are and our experiences and emotions. And that's a beautiful thing. That's not a, Oh God, don't touch that. Don't share that. Oh my God. Kind of have to brace for that thing. It's not that. No, I think that's such an important, you know, topic and, and part to kind of answer because I think a lot of people feel that. And, you know, we're always, as I said before, like we're taught to kind of carry stuff ourselves and Mm -hmm. be very independent within that. So I think it's really important. And I think another thing is, 
especially when you share grief with other people, when you have both been through the same event, uh, specifically like with my family when mm-hmm. we were all there, when my father died. And um, a lot of the time I couldn't even talk to them about it because mm-hmm. I was so scared of putting my burden and my emotions on top of theirs. And mm-hmm. they had already been carrying so much. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, I don't think I talked to them for months afterwards. Mm. Um, it wasn't a topic that I was really comfortable talking about because, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be the one to mm-hmm. cause them more pain. Um, but I think when I finally opened up, I realized that instead of causing them more pain, we were able to carry it together. Yes. And I think that's hugely important is, you know, even someone who's sharing a different experience than you, I don't think you're piling more on top of them I think you know obviously the more people there is the lighter the you know the lighter it is to carry I think individually and I think that's really important to you know to take away from this and understand that you can also share grief yes and hold it together and like you said it doesn't have to be the exact same because no like even if I mean this is not a lived experience I've had at this point in my life but like even if I also had lost a parent right my experience of that wouldn't be exactly the same as your experience of mm-hmm. that. But like I, I can map onto someone sharing with me something that they've experienced as a really painful moment in their life. I can map that onto and know what it feels like for me to have experienced some painful moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of this like mutual seeing, right? right? Like obviously I'm a, if I'm in a therapy context, I might not be sharing that because it's about the person, not right. me. Right. But if it's in like, a different context or mm-hmm. setting where I'm not a therapist, I I feel seen because they're naming something that they've experienced right. that I can relate to. And then my hope is that if I'm sharing about my personal experiences, it's doing the same for them too, that they're seeing uh, and being seen because it's like, I can talk about it. We can talk about it. Right. They're different, but at the same time, like we've both experienced this. Right, yeah. I think, like, overall, I definitely think, especially since I've, you know, and I'm not through this experience of grief, and I think this will last, you know, the rest of my life, if I'm being honest, and the ups and downs, but um, I think I've always looked at, you know, grief now, and and life is, it's kind of two circles, and I think your life is a circle, and then when something traumatic or something huge happens in your life, and you do you know, get that experience of grief, the circle of grief fills that circle of life. Mm. And I think at the time, of course, you know, and that's, it's huge and that's all it is. And Mm. so, you know, it's super overwhelming and people go, of course, you know, with time, you know, grief subsides. And, and I, I, I don't personally agree. I, I don't think grief ever subsides. I don't think that the grief ever gets less. I just think the circle of life as you continue to go through life and you, you know, you hold on to people and you, you know, get that support and you slowly, you know, work through it and acknowledge that it happened. I think the circle of life, if you want to call it that, (laughs) grows around it and Mm -hmm. that keeps growing. But the grief necessarily doesn't get any smaller at all. But I think in, in comparison to how your life circle would continue to grow Mm -hmm. as you know you get older and the years go by I think it will you know hypothetically seem like the grief has shrunk but really you've Mm -hmm. just grown around it and I think that's Mm. hugely important to understand yeah like you you know how to you you hold it you're able to Mm -hmm. carry it and hold it and I don't know why but when you were talking I was envisioning 
the eclipse of the sun and moon Mm -hmm. and how like at different points of time there might be more of that overlap so thinking about like anniversaries can be really impactful and maybe that's when it, it it has more presence again and takes up more of that circle and then at other points it's there but it isn't overlapping as mm-hmm. much or yeah. it is only like a sliver um, that's there. So I don't know. That was just something yeah. that <laughs> I was like, I like inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I feel like just to kind of summarize, everyone has something going on, some bigger than others, but just the importance of having those open, vulnerable, honest conversations with the people around you can really make a big impact. Um, and then I just want to thank you all again for being on this podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed being <laughs> here and hearing y'all's discussion. Um, and I think a lot of people will thank you as well. Um, and then just to finish up with one final quote, uh, there is hope even when your brain tells you there isn't by John Green. So thanks everyone. And we will see you next week. Thank you.